and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and to be- began to speak in each other's languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, Let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy And your young men will see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A word about the Holy Gospel this morning. For the Gospel today, we will enact the Day of Pentecost account that we just heard from the book of Acts. You will find in your bulletin a colored sheet of paper with the gospel for today printed in some foreign language. During, we'll all stand for the gospel procession, and then after the priest has announced the gospel, and we respond, glory to you, everyone is then invited to do their best effort of faking the language that they have. So if you happen to know that language, just do your best effort. All pronunciations are correct. When you have finished reading the gospel you have, you heard in the passage, Tongues of Fire, hold the sheet over your head as it rested on the apostles as a tongue of fire, while Skip reads the gospel in English.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of our Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, set our hearts afire that we may be witnesses and proclaim the good news of God in Jesus Christ, and may go forth as a people of justice, hope, mercy, and love. Amen. So today, the Feast of Pentecost marks my 10th anniversary as rector here at St. John's. And, uh, oh, thank you. <clears throat> and I want to say what an incredible uh, blessing it is in my life to join all of you in ministry here uh, at this church. I love St. John's. I love being the rector here. And I'm so thankful for all the people I've gotten to uh, and continue to serve with on the vestry, all the many, many, many volunteers that make this church run, uh, our incredible staff, and the fantastic clergy uh, that I get to work with. I have grown a lot in 10 years. If it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a church to raise a priest and a rector, and I'm deeply thankful for that. And I have indeed grown. Someone asked me what I've learned in the last 10 years, and I, I remarked, when I got here, I thought I knew a lot. Now, after 10 years, I know what I don't know. So that's the wisdom that I have learned in uh, 10 years, hopefully a little more than that. I arrived 10 years ago to discover the bell tower encased in scaffolding and the rummage sale scattered across the entire front yard and parish hall of the church. And in my first sermon, remarking on that experience, in my first sermon at St. John's 10 years ago, I asked a question. I don't know, some of you might have been here. Does anyone remember what that was? (laughs) June knows. That's right. 
what in God's name is going on at St. John's? All this stuff going on. But the point was a question to say, what in God's name is going on at St. John's? What are we doing in God's name at St. John's? Things have been going on in God's name at St. John's for over a hundred years now. And I've been privileged over these last ten years to join in those things that are going on. And I look forward to the future. Ten years does seem a significant anniversary for all of us in different aspects of our life. And so I've been reflecting on the last uh, ten years and thinking about uh, the future here at St. John's. And as I remember the last 10 years, the first thing that comes to my mind is the people, because the people are what make the church what it is, right? St. John's is ultimately the people. And I've especially been remembering those people that I've had the privilege of knowing the last 10 years, but who are no longer with us. One of the first events I went to as the new rector here at St. John's was a birthday party, a hundredth birthday party, for a woman named Kay Adams. And I buried her about three or four years after that celebration. And there were many people from St. John's at that party, and a number of them are no longer with us. At the party, I got to dance several times with a wonderful woman named Lori Sodden. And I learned that her husband and her, her husband had died already, their wedding anniversary was June 19th, which is also my wedding anniversary. And I think of the people who were part of the search process, and I think of the party of people who came from this church to interview me in Santa Barbara. And among them was John Pitcairn, who... I remember fondly. Dick Ford, in whose memory our Paschal candle is given. I think of all the people who have been part of the life of this church who are no longer with us, but are still infused the spirit of this church. Many that, you know, I can't name all of them. And to be part of that trajectory, to be in the stream of the flow of the spirit, is such a profound honor. What in God's name is going on at St. John's? I thought of that just this morning at our 9 o'clock service, which is, you know, we've only had about six, seven years now. And all these new families that have come in, and to see the spirit of these children running around the parish hall and with their, their chins resting on the altar table, something that when I was their age would get you kicked out of church. The godly play teachers and the incredible stories they tell that teach adults and children not just to know about God, but to know God. One of the most profound blessings of being rector at this time in St. John's history has been being here through the whole trajectory of our centennial celebrations. In 2008, the centennial of the founding of St. John's as an Episcopal church. In 2010, the centennial of the laying of the cornerstone, and then last year with our bishop, the centennial of the consecration of this church, 
that for over a hundred years, people have been gathering in this space to do the work God has given us to do. To do things in God's name at St. John's and then to go forth in mission. And how could I leave out the construction projects? It seems fitting to me that I arrived to the parish hall or to the bell tower in scaffolding and construction and then had been here through the complete rebuilding of a whole new office education building and landscaping. And now on my 10th anniversary, our parish hall is under renovation. All incredible projects that build up the life of this community and help the people of this church do our ministry. And what I love about all these projects we've done is construction seems such a fitting metaphor. We always have construction projects going on, but I feel like we should have a sign in front of the church that says, Disciples Under Construction. Because construction's a perfect metaphor for the Christian life, right? You're never done. Right? We're, never, we've never, we're never completed. Christians are always under renovation. We're always under renovation. And the church, too, is called to constantly be under construction as an institution and in the ways that we gather and worship because we worship a living God and the Spirit is alive, so we are not static. So I love that image of construction. And we've had a lot of it over 10 years, and I love that image of being just, we're constantly under renovation, doing the work God has given us to do, doing things in God's name. So there is a lot going on in God's name at St. John's. Our cornerstone says a house of prayer for all people, and I love the way that we are that and strive to be a house of prayer for everyone who comes here. A motto that is dear to me and that has sort of emerged uh, for St. John's is hydrate your soul. We use it on our bulletins, on our cycling jerseys. How many churches have cycling jerseys? That's kind of (laughs) cool. Hydrate your soul. One of my, uh, there's a musician named Modest Yahoo who's actually, uh, get this, he's an ultra-Orthodox Jewish rapper. And singer, and he's quite good, but he's got a song, and he, he, in the song referring to God, he says, you're like water for my soul when it gets thirsty. You're like water for my soul when it gets thirsty. God is water for our souls. And St. John's is a place, a watering station, a place where we can come and get hydrated, a come to place to come and have the thirst of our souls quenched. Now, many of you know I'm an avid cyclist, and hydration is pretty important for cycling and a lot of athletic endeavors, because it's through hydration that you're able to continue. So the purpose of hydration and the church as a place to hydrate the soul is not just to come and drink, but that it empowers you, it enables you to keep going, to keep striving. So the purpose of the church is how it enables us to be hydrated for the work, not just that we do here, but in the rest of our lives. How we go forth from this place hydrated to continue the race, 
to do the work God has given us to do. On this Feast of Pentecost, when we celebrate God's Spirit empowering and calling all people into ministry, I have a question for all of us. We talk about what in God's name is going on at St. John's. But as all of us are called to be ministers of the gospel, what in God's name is going on in your life? How do you help hydrate the souls of others? And as I think about our work together as a church and our future together, I think of our baptismal covenant and how we can live into that. We will celebrate baptisms today and reaffirm our own baptismal covenant. And I'm thinking about this as a church, how we can live more deeply into our baptismal covenant to seek and serve Christ in all people, to strive for justice and peace among all people, and to respect the dignity of every human being. I want us to dream together about how, as a church, as we hydrate the souls of those who come here, how can we take that out? How, as a congregation, can we more deeply serve the needs of our community and our world? It is my prayer that we will continue to strive more deeply into that ministry of service And may God continue to bless us, and may we keep on doing things in God's name here at St. John's. Amen.